The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. Coming up, we're going to talk with Frank Schwab, NFL writer and reporter for Yahoo Sports. We're going to go around the league and talk about some of the big storylines making news over the last week, and I'll get his thoughts on how he sees the Eagles' 2021 season shaping up and some thoughts on the NFC East and uh, teams that he's higher on and, and maybe lower on than consensus. So we'll do all that coming up here in just a few minutes. But before we get to him, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Eagles' first preseason game, which they got under their belt after uh, losing to the Steelers on Thursday night. So um, it's good to see the Eagles back out on the field. Uh, good to see the first team, uh, a lot of the first team members uh, on the field in a preseason game actually playing some football. And I have five big things, five big takeaways from the Eagles' first preseason game, uh, again, against the Steelers, in which they got off to an early lead, but then, you know, in the second half, uh, the, the third stringers let the game get away from them. But, um, of course, we are mostly looking at what the starters did and how the starters performed and some of the primary backups. And so I think the big name everybody's talking about after the first preseason game, and really it's just a continuation of how well he's played in training camp so far this summer, is wide receiver Quez Watkins. Folks sure are high on the second round, uh, the, the second year player, uh, former sixth round pick, Quez Watkins, young wide receiver. And it's easy to see, see why, based on what we saw in the game against the Steelers. I mean, out of training camp, he's been one of the most improved players on the roster. He's, he's making contested catches during practice, running better routes, making plays, using his speed. And we saw that speed on display in the Steelers game on Thursday night where he took that screen pass from Joe Flacco, uh, 79 yards to the house. Uh, Jalen Hurts also just missed connecting with him on a 98-yard touchdown pass. He had beaten his defender badly, but Hurts overthrew him on the play. So... There's a lot of conversation right now. Is Quez Watkins a starter on this team? Is 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 he a guy who could be one of the starters on the outside opposite Devontae Smith? I mean, I, I know that there's a f- lot of folks and with this very, very unproven group of wide receivers. He absolutely could move into the starting lineup. We, we haven't seen 
a ton of tremendous stuff from Jalen Rager so far in training camp. Again, Jalen Rager uh, came into camp and, and failed his um, his physical readiness test. And um, obviously there were off the field reasons for that. But nevertheless, Jalen Rager did not come into camp and get off to the best of starts. He made a nice catch in, in the game, a couple catches in the game against, uh, against the Steelers. But you've got to wonder if Jalen Rager is now almost fully slotted um, for a slot for a slot position uh, with the Eagles, and whether or not Quez Watkins, if he continues to play like this, could end up being one of the starters on this team. And um, you know, I, I feel like uh, Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham, not hearing nearly as much from them so far here in training camp and through uh, through the first preseason game as as with Quez Watkins. And and it's hard to teach speed, you know what I mean? Quez Watkins sure has that speed. In, in order to be a stalwart, remember, he, he clocked a 4.35 40-yard dash at the NFL scouting combine, which was uh, the third best time in his class. And so he's known for having lightning fast speed, and he started to play a little bit more towards the end of the season last year in his rookie year. But I don't think anybody saw us relying on Quez Watkins for any kind of offensive production here in 2021. The if if Watkins continues to play like this and he becomes a starter on this team, NBC Sports' Ruben Frank noted just how unusual and how rare that would be. The last Eagles receiver drafted in the sixth round or later with more than 150 receiving yards in their entire Eagles career was Tony Woodruff, a ninth-round pick in 1982, who caught 36 passes for 554 yards from 1982 through 1984. And the last Eagles wide receiver drafted in the sixth round or later with 500 yards in a season? Harold Carmichael, who was just inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame on Saturday. So again, uh, those numbers from NBC Sports Ruben Frank just showing how how rare and and unusual it would be for someone of Quez Watkins stature who was drafted as late as he would as as late as he was for him to make a, a true impact for the Eagles on the NFL would be uh, would be un virtually unprecedented in, in Eagles history, certainly in recent Eagles history. And, you know, I know some of the, uh, the NFL network guys, I think Peter Schrager was talking about him after the game uh, on uh, against the game, after the game against the Steelers uh, when he was on uh, Friday morning and doing a recap and talking about, you know, welcome to the national stage, Quez Watkins. I mean, are we there already? I, I, I'm very happy that Quez Watkins is playing well. The Eagles could certainly could use something to go right. You know what I mean? Like this team has not had a whole lot of things just fall into place for them, uh, and it would be kind of the the height of uh, annoyance in in a way if Quez Watkins ends up being the wide receiver to make the most impact, as opposed to Jalen Rager from last year's class. Obviously, Jalen Rager, the first round pick uh, of of last year, who. I don't know if you'd say he's floundering. I mean, I think he's most likely destined to be destined to be this team's slot receiver, but Quez Watkins clearly outshining him so far through one preseason game and uh, and all of training camp thus far. But it is important to remember the guy we were all talking about last year, John Hightower, was the talk of camp. Didn't drop a ball all all summer, and he was a guy who you know could he be a starter? Could he be a could he be somebody that really makes an impact and you know, once the bell rang and he he had to get into meaningful games, John Hightower made absolutely no impact whatsoever on the 2021 Eagles. And I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen to Quez Watkins, but the odds are certainly higher 
that once the regular season starts, Quez Watkins turns into John Hightower from last year as opposed to the second coming of Harold Carmichael and a second wide receiver, um, you know, a second starting wide receiver on this team. My second, uh, my second uh, big takeaway from the Eagles preseason game against the Steelers was that Jalen Hurts has gotten off to it and made a good second impression. He had a really nice throw to Dallas Goddard in the game, threw it with anticipation, threw it into a tight window, caught Dallas Goddard, threw it even before Dallas Goddard had made his break and threw it right on the money. He could have had another touchdown on the Watkins throw that was overthrown, but he also did have a couple receivers drop some balls on him. Uh, looked like the Eagles could have had uh, maybe a touchdown on the first drive of the game were it not for a couple of drops and uh, wouldn't have had to settle for a Jake Elliott field goal. Uh, he looked pretty good in the in the couple of series that he was that he was in there, looked poised in the pocket. I think offered a promising glimpse of what we could see for him in 2021. Not nothing off the charts. And, of course, the Eagles' offense is going to be very milk toast at this point. But uh, overall, I think a lot of positives from, from Jalen Hurts there in the first preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and I'll just also note this, and, and that is that uh, um, Joe Flacco had a, had a good game as well um, playing against uh, some backups. But he made, he made some nice throws, and um, he's going to be a very good backup for this team. But it is—listen— the Eagles have not named Jalen Hurts the starting quarterback. I don't know why they haven't. I don't know. I don't know what it is they're doing. I don't know if they're. I don't know if uh, if Jalen Hurts is, um, you know, competing with a, a quarterback that's not even on the roster just yet. I mean, here's the bottom line. There, there have been some people, and there there was some. There was a, a woman on. Uh, I don't know if it was on one of the Fox Sports shows who was, you know, railing about the Eagles being, you know, and the quarterback being an open competition, and you know screaming about, you know, how can they be in a competition? It should be Jalen Hurts' job. Let, let, let's just, let's put some fears to rest. Jalen Hurts has taken every single first team rep so far, according to the beat reporter. So there's just, there there's no competition here. This is Jalen Hurts' job. I, I don't know why the Eagles haven't just come out and, and said it. I don't know whether they're trying to um, keep a fire lit under Jalen Hurts. I don't that, Based on everything you hear about the guy, he doesn't really need that. He doesn't need to have a fire lit under him. He's just kind of always that way. So uh, if it's to play mind games with Jalen Hurts, I don't think they need to do that. In my mind, this is not a quarterback competition between Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco. It's between Jalen Hurts and some unnamed faceless quarterback who's not on the roster yet, like Deshaun Watson. And I don't know how close any any trade talks are between the Eagles and the Texans on Deshaun Watson. It seems to have quieted down quite a bit over the last week or so. Uh, but there's no quarterback competition. It's Jalen Hurts' job, and, and the Eagles would be smart to just come right out and, and say it because the perception from people who don't look at this team closely, who don't really watch this team, is that there must be some kind of competition because Nick Sirianni and the Eagles have not come right out to say Jalen Hurts is our starting quarterback when it's clear that he is. There, there's no way Joe Flacco is this team's starting quarterback in week one unless Jalen Hurts gets hurt. So it's just a lot of silliness and it's a lot of nonsense to try and be playing these games, but that's that's where we are right now, and it's nothing to get too worked up about. I'm, you know, it's it's, it's Jalen Hurts will, will live, and I don't think Joe Flacco's under any illusions. I don't think the the rest of the players are under any illusions that it's not going to be Jalen Hurts. But it is it is weird that they haven't named him the starter. But you know, let, let's also use a little bit of common sense when we're looking at the Eagles' quarterback situation as well. My third big takeaway from the Eagles' first preseason game. Jake Elliott bouncing back. His his bounce back season here in 2021 is off to a good start. Um, 
Brandon Lee Gout noted that he went four for six in his first practice uh, and then since then has not missed. The Eagles kicker made two uh, field goals from 47 yards out and then one from 50 yards out against the Steelers, which is good to see. Um, as BLG noted, between training camp and the one preseason game, he is 18 out of 20 on all kicks. That's about 90%. I know it's, it's not sexy to talk about the kicker, but Jake Elliott truly was awful last season. He really hurt the Eagles uh, and took a lot of points off the board last year with his inconsistency. He's making a ton of money, and therefore they're not going to cut him. So they need Jake Elliott to put the ball in between the uprights, and he's gotten off to a good start here in 2021. You know, this Eagles offense is going to need all the help it can get, and he can really help an offense just getting some points on the board. This offense is going to struggle. You know, he's he could really help a struggling Eagles offense this year if he can find that consistency. My fourth big takeaway from the Eagles' first preseason game, and that's the Eagles' first two team defenses look pretty good. I, th- I thought um, I-, I thought the first team defense looked looked very good. I thought the second team defense looked pretty good as well. Uh, some standouts, Javon Hargrave specifically, playing very well as he looks to get his second season with the Eagles off to a better start than his uh, injury injury plagued last season. Um, you know, the defense didn't blitz the entire game. Everything was pretty milk toast. Everything was pretty dry and standard. And it's kind of interesting. Why didn't it almost like a pro bowl type defense? And um, if you're wondering why they, they, they said after the game that really what they wanted to do with, with as far as blitzing is concerned is that they really want to get a sense for how their players do winning the one-on-one battles, the one-on-one matchups at this stage in the preseason. They, they want to see what they have with different players in different positions. And you don't really get a true sense of what you have. I guess if you're, if you're blitzing, you really want to see those players, see how they do one-on-one, see how many of those different battles they can win one-on-one, which is smart, especially in the, in the preseason. So Makes sense to me, and I thought the run defense, very good in the first half. Gave up just 40 yards on 11 attempts. Then they gave up 112 rushing yards in the second half when it was mostly the second and third stringers in the game at that point. But, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how the Eagles' defensive line is going to be one of their strengths and uh, how Jonathan Gannon is this super-duper bright young defensive coordinator. We'll get a sense for that, you know, as the preseason rolls along, but probably not really until we see week one, week two, what the Eagles' defense looks like like and how innovative they seem to be you know talking about switching from 4-3 to 3-4 during the course of the season you've got to have the personnel to do that but if they're able to pull it off it'll be a lot of fun to see what this team does on defense here in 2021 finally the fifth big takeaway no injuries no injuries coming out of that first preseason game and that really is the number one storyline coming out of every preseason game and moving forward I do want to see the starters play in this preseason I understood not playing Carson Wentz at all in the preseason in previous uh, seasons but I I I think we saw the Eagles get off to a real sluggish start last year with the new offensive head coaches and and everything like that. And and Carson Wentz, of course, just had a terrible year. Maybe playing in the preseason wouldn't have made a bit of difference. But I think you got to play these guys a little bit in the preseason, especially since there's so many unproven players who are going to be starting on offense. So I, I think you have to see the starters play in the preseason. I think this coaching staff needs to find out as much about these players before the season starts as possible. And really only a, a handful 
handful of players should be kept out as much as possible. Um, I think it's okay to rest Miles Sanders. They did that. They did that here in the first game. I want to see Miles Sanders out there in the second and third games a little bit. Some of the older veterans, some of the guys like Brandon Brooks and Jason Kelsey and all those guys, I want to see them in the mix a little bit in the third game of the of the preseason, the third and final game of the preseason, but really no more than that. But I do think Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith and and Miles Sanders and Quez Watkins, I think I think those guys need to be out there and getting as many get, getting some solid reps here in the preseason. I think that's going to be valuable for those guys. They need especially since Devontae Smith has mi- has missed a bunch of camp so far. You want to get him off on the right start. You you want to get him off on the right foot and not playing at all in the preseason is not the way to do that. So I think you'll see Jalen Hurts play a little bit more in the second game and hopefully a little bit more in the third game as a real dress rehearsal for the start of the 2021 season. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Frank Schwab, NFL writer, reporter for Yahoo Sports. We're going to go around the league and get his thoughts on uh, some of the some of the uh, the teams that the Eagles will be playing coming up this season and give you some of the latest news and notes from around the league. That's coming up next here on Eye on the Enemy. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And joining me to talk about the NFL, what's going on around the league. And uh, we're going to talk a little Eagles as well. But, uh, you know, seeing as how we, we try to touch on what's happening outside of our little Eagles sphere here and uh, with training camp underway and uh, preseason games underway, it's a good time to start looking ahead uh, to just a few weeks from now when the regular season gets underway. I'm joined by Frank Schwab, who covers the NFL and betting for Yahoo Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. Frank, welcome to Eye on the Enemy, man. How are you? Hey, good. I just happy football is back in our lives, right? Like it's, <laughs> you know, you forget. Like you know, I love baseball. Goodness mm-hmm. knows, I'm a huge Brewers fan. First place. I love basketball. Obviously, Bucks and Six. But you know, it doesn't replace football. Football gets the juices flowing. It's just so fun to, you know, even if it's preseason. Yeah. It. So, so it sounds to me like you're a Milwaukee guy then. Right? Oh yeah, born and raised. Uh, okay. That, that's my place. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been a good summer. Yeah. I was going to say you guys are on, on a roll like Milwaukee generally doesn't get a chance to see very often. So that's, no, that's no, really I'm, great. Four, I'm 44 years old and the Bucks championship was the first of my lifetime for Milwaukee. So does that mean you're a Packers guy as well? I, I grew up as a Packers fan, but honestly, I get so into it as a fan that I had to give it. I, once I started covering the NFL, I was like, I can't yeah. be a fan anymore. I just take it. But I still have the Badgers, still have the Bucks, yeah. still have the Brewers. So I, 
trust me, I get my rooting in elsewhere. <laughs> well, since uh, since you kind of have those uh, th- those Milwaukee Wisconsin ties and stuff like that, let me get let me pick your brain about Aaron Rodgers before we we get into mm-hmm. some other stuff here because obviously uh, the the soap opera going on in Green Bay, I guess at least for right now, seems to have been settled. He had a fascinating news conference a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's going to play for the Packers this year, but obviously uh, the after this year it, it is kind of up in the air. How did this all go wrong for, for Eagles fans who may not be following this Aaron Rodgers story very closely? How, how did the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers go wrong? Yeah. And I mean, there's a patient zero here and that's when the Packers traded up to draft uh, Jordan Love quarterback mm-hmm. out of Utah state last year, 2020. And I mean, it was just one of those picks that it didn't make any sense from a team building standpoint. It didn't make, it just, the only way it made sense is the Packers thought Aaron Rodgers was washed up. Really? Like mm-hmm. that's the only logical conclusion you could make is that they thought, Hey, Rodgers is nearing the end. He had two mediocre years. They draft, they trade up the draft, the quarterback, which I, I never am going to understand, but then Rodgers comes out and has an MVP year. And, and all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers has all the, he has all the leverage and he yeah. says, Hey, it's, it's for you guys. I, I don't want to be there anymore. And the Packers came back with, well, you're going to leave, what, $80 million on the table? Then, then go ahead. Yeah. Go host Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, you know? So yeah. it just became this, this battle where the Packers had a lot more leverage than anybody gave them credit for when we were talking about this drama all offseason. Either Aaron Rodgers was going to play for the Packers or he's going to retire. And I don't think anybody thought he's going to retire off the MVP season. So mm-hmm. the Packers are in this, this weird situation. And it's funny that Rodgers and Devontae Adams brought up the last dance Chicago Bulls. You know, they yeah. tweeted out the picture of Jordan and Pippen and everybody laughed, but yeah, what is, what is Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers <laughs> ever won? But it, it's also, it is a similar situation in that they don't, uh, they're not agreeing with the front office right now. We all kind of know this is the last year for Aaron Rodgers unless something really changes. And these guys are really focused on winning a title. And I think that for the 2000, I don't know what's going to happen to the 2022 Packers. Yeah. For the 2021 Packers, I don't think that's a bad thing. Rodgers has his laser focus now on getting a championship before he gets out. That team is built really well around him. We talk a lot about the, the Packers don't have a lot of receivers other than Devontae Adams. And that's still true. Yeah. What a great running game, great offensive yeah. line, a defense that's good at all three levels. This Packers team could win a championship this year. What a story that would be. I mean, yeah. Uh, for, for all the drama that's happened for Aaron Rodgers to really pull off the last dance type of deal and then yeah, go right. elsewhere. It, it would be, I, I can't even come up with a comparison to it yeah, among quarterbacks. In NFL yeah. I'm struck by the parallel between what happened with green Bay in the draft and Aaron Rodgers situation and with Carson Wentz and Jalen hurts last oh, year. No and it, they're just how the two quarterbacks responded so differently to uh, a, a seeming slight by the front office, or at least uh, some kind of threat to their position on the team as the, as the franchise quarterback, which, which takes me to Carson Wentz over in Indianapolis, you know, earlier uh, last week, or maybe it was earlier this week, the days are running together when we first learned that Carson Wentz was going to have his, his surgery on his broken foot. And they had the very strange timeline of five to 12 weeks. You know, that, that's a, that's a gap big enough to, to drive two semi trucks through. So it was kind of weird that it was, and then he's back at practice. If, you know, a few days after it's done, he's not wearing a brace. The team's being cautious, but I think the possibility exists that he's going to play in week one for them. I mean, what's your take on what's going on in Indianapolis with, with Carson Wentz? Could, could he really suit up by week one and be the starter? He could. I think they will be careful with him. I think that's a pretty smart organization that doesn't look, they, they're not worried about winning week one. They're worried about winning the AFC South and mm. to, to get that done. They need Carson Wentz by the end. They can't rush him back. They can't, there's going to be some urgency because they didn't really address the backup situation, but 
I don't think they're going to rush him back. I had to look really close at Indianapolis schedule. If there's a break in there where they could ease him back week three or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I do think he's going to miss a game or two. It just, it just seems like they're going to err on the side of caution and just say, Hey, maybe we can string this thing together with Jacob Easton, Sam Ellinger, like who, whatever they're going to do at quarterback (laughs) and try and try to win a couple games. But it is, it, it, it stinks because it's, it's funny that we're talking because I was all on board with the Colts this year. Before Wentz's injury, I was like, the Colts are my team. I'm kind of planting the flag on them. I'm uh, in the betting realm. I'm, I'm taking over. I'm betting <laughs> on them to win the South. I'm, I'm taking some on them to win the Super Bowl because I believed in Carson Wentz. I really mm. did. I think that the situation in Philly got so toxic between the guys around him and the coaching staff and then the Hurts pick and everything else that I thought he could have really reset his career in Indianapolis. I, I appreciate Frank Reich as one of the – five, six best coaches in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Him and Wentz obviously have this bond that, that obviously eroded with Doug Peterson. And I truly believe Carson Wentz, he didn't need to be great. He didn't need to be, you know, 2018 Carson Wentz just needed to be, or 2017, I guess it was. He just needed to be the 2018, 2019 guy and not the 2020 guy. In 18, 19 Eagles fans know he wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. He was, look, he was playing behind in a bad situation with a lot of injuries around him, throwing a Greg Ward as his number one receiver but he still made plays. He still made things yeah. happen. Everything fell apart in 2020. I'm not going to make any defense of Carson Wentz there. But I thought that if you could just bottle up what he was 2018, 2019, the Colts are so well built around him that I yeah. thought yeah. they could have had a great season. But now that's all kind of up in the air because we don't, like you said, five to 12 weeks. I don't think it's going to be 12 weeks anymore. Seeing what we've seen out of Wentz and all the reports. But even if he misses three, four games and they're what one and three, oh, and four, mm-hmm. especially if it's a loss to the Titans. Yeah, they play in September. They could really be in a hole, and and all my optimism, everybody in Indianapolis, their <laughs> optimism is out the window. Yeah, I got to tell you, man. I I think if he, because obviously the Eagles fans, Eagles fans are hoping he hits that seventy five percent snap mark. Oh, for sure, um, or seventy percent in the playoffs. But three games, if he misses three games, it, he can probably still hit that seventy five percent mark of the team's offensive snaps. Anything more than that, and that second round pick stays a second round pick and doesn't move up to a to a first round pick. And you know, I know I've some of the talk in Philadelphia is, well, you know, who who cares if it becomes a first round pick because it's either a high second or a low first. But even ten spots in the draft, if you're looking to use that draft pick as trade capital, is a lot. I mean, that's basically the same as uh, you know, that that first round pick you're picking at twenty five, let's say. If you end up getting that, if that pick ends up being like 35, well, then in order to equalize that out, you're having to add like a mid third rounder. So 25 is the same as like 35 and 85 together, which is a big deal. Yeah. And I think one thing that, that you know, and I, probably a lot of Eagles fans have realized, but the fifth year option with the first round pick. Yeah. That's yeah. such a game changer. It's, yeah. Every team wants that cost control for the fifth year. You see the difference between some of the first round quarterbacks that were drafted in Dak Prescott. Like all, yeah. all of a sudden, I mean, not that the Cow- not that the Eagles would be drafting a quarterback, but the Cowboys drafted Dak in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're ahead of time. They got to yeah. pay this guy, figure it out, and they're dealing with franchise tags and all that kind of stuff. That's like that with any position. If you really hit on somebody with a mm-hmm. 25th pick, like, let's yeah. say, you have them with another year of, of cost control, whereas 35th pick, if you hit on a guy there, you don't have that. So it, it, that's a big deal, too. It, look, you just want the first round pick, of course. I think you, I think there's a chance he gets there just based on, I, I, if I had to guess right now, he misses two games and it's Carson. He's probably going to miss some more time. But <laughs> I, I think he probably will hit that 75%. At least the Eagles fans, I'm sure, hoping that. 
Well, before I ask you about uh, your thoughts on the NFC East, let's talk about the Eagles specifically, because most of us are looking at this with a realistic lens and the offense has struggled in training camp so far. And that doesn't maybe doesn't mean a whole lot, but you've got a new head coach. You've got a new offensive system. You've got really a quarterback who's essentially a rookie. I mean, it's his first full season and he's not exactly a guy that that has all of the skills and tools that you would want in a franchise quarterback. And there's a lot of unproven folks throughout the throughout the team at some important positions. What is your take on where the Eagles are going to be here in, in 2021? Is, is there a scenario where they can be even just a 500 club or are we looking at a five, four, five win season? Yeah. And I'd probably lean towards that. I I'm pessimistic on them for many reasons. And, and surprisingly enough, it's not Jalen Hurts. I, mm. I like Jalen Hurts. I think, look, you, you mentioned franchise quarterback and, and is Jalen Hurts a franchise quarterback? I, I probably not. I, I don't know. He's only started what six games. Yeah, so we can't that. say yeah. that for sure. Right. But you've seen NFL. Look, Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl three years ago. Jimmy Garoppolo went to a Super Bowl two seasons ago. You don't need a top five guy to go to a Super Bowl and have really big time success. Nick Foles, like, because, yeah. like of course, like I mean, you guys know that. So you can win big with a guy who's just good, who brings something to the table. I think Jalen Hurts does. I just go back to that Arizona game. I, I, th- I know people like to say, oh, he struggled in the finale and, he, and it's 52%, all this kind of stuff and this and that. You go back to that Arizona game. I saw a guy who was dynamic. I, and I know Arizona, Arizona wasn't the best defense in the world, but they weren't the worst either. Yeah. They, they were pretty good on defense, relatively speaking. He balled out in that game. And I was, I remember watching it just being like, whoa, they've got something here. And I'm so glad that they gave him another year. I thought it would have been a panic. Look, we can argue whether the second round pick on Hurts was smart or not. I don't think it was. But you had Hurts. Like, uh, once you have that asset, you, you got to see it through. You, you have to give him a shot, especially after some of the things he flashed last year to see, can this guy be your starter? And if not, you, you reset and go for it next year. But yeah, I, I like Hurts, but I don't know that I like everything around them. That the offensive line's getting older. The defensive line's getting older. I mean, the Devontae Smith injury doesn't, it doesn't help anything. I, I mean, when you go back, it's funny, I just wrote about this. When you go back and look at, you know, why rookie receivers, first round picks, that it's almost always they struggle because they were hurt in training camp and missed a ton of time, which is what happened to Jalen Rieger a year ago. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, he was a guy who I really thought was going to have a nice rookie year, and then he just didn't because he was hurt the whole time. And Devontae Smith has not, been hurt so far right now. So that's that. the thing. It's, I, I hope that Devontae's not going down the same road, but that takes away another asset. This is a weird Zach Ertz thing. New coach, a quarterback who, like, we, I like him, but I don't know that he's a, a Russell Wilson type who's just lifting everything around him. Yeah. So just too many questions for me on the Eagles to really be excited about them. Is there a path for them to – be, you know, nine and eight and be an NFC East in contention there. Sure, there is. I think there is. I think if Nick Sirianni is a good, you know, he comes from the Frank Wright tree, and I've already talked about how much I like him as a coach. Mm-hmm. If Hurts plays like he did more often than not like he did against Arizona last year. If Smith is the playmaker and he stays healthy. But this defense, I don't think defense is going to be that bad. If this defense is top 10-ish, keeps them in games, they win a few. Miles Sanders plays better. I think there is a path for the Eagles to be reasonably good in a pretty weak division i am just not there now with him yeah and that's jonathan gannon a lot of people are excited about him and and a lot of talk about him switching back and forth between four three and three four and a lot of hybrid guys on on defense i mean that sounds great in theory but and i love the idea i hope they can mix it in because i think the best defense you look at teams like the rams they do a lot of that kind of stuff if you've got the personnel for it it can be a huge advantage. And I know a lot of people think he is one of the smartest defensive coordinators, a future head coach in this league. And if that's the case, you know, then, you know, 
the defense can carry because they do have a strong defensive line and they did improve themselves. Cornerback until a couple of weeks ago was, was looking like a real trouble spot, but they've shorn that up a little bit. So yeah, I, I think you're right. It's, it's, I'm still on the pessimistic side myself, but I think the other thing that uh, propels this team is if I compare Jalen hurts season here coming up in 2021 to the kind of season Donovan McNabb had in, had in 2000, his first full season, because their rookie seasons were very similar. Donovan came in at the end of the year, played four or five games, and then had his first full season in 2000, was second in the MVP vote. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be second in the MVP vote, but I think Hurts needs to have a big year, not only for this team to play well, but to convince the team that they shouldn't use those draft picks on a franchise quarterback. And I think this is his shot. Like, this is his one shot to do it. Am I off base? No, not at all. Because you need, look, it, back in my day, I hate to sound old, right? But I'm with you. I'm old too, man. Four, quarterbacks <laughs> were given three, four years, right? Yeah. Like it was, it was, hey, okay, maybe you're four and the light's going to turn on. Right now it's, you know, we're talking about like people have already made up their minds on Jalen Hurts after six starts. People yeah. have already made up their minds on Tua after nine or 10 starts. Like, yeah. I mean, you look around the NFL and if you're not Justin Herbert right away, yeah, people are looking for something else right now. So I don't, I fully agree with you. Jalen Hurts has this year and that's it. Now there, there's a scenario where he is kind of middle of the road where you kind of say, well, we saw some good, we saw some bad. Let's see what year three brings because that good was pretty good, but mostly he can't be bad this year. I'll tell you that yeah. he can't be hurt most of the year. He's, he's got to be there, show something, lead this team to at least, you know, I mean, a few wins, like if they go three and 14 and they're, they're blind to draft a quarterback, they probably will. He's got to prove that, Hey, use those draft picks around me. Get, get me uh, a new left tackle. Get me, you know, a, another playmaking receiver. Get me a, the, whatever it is to help him out rather than draft his replacement. So let me, all right, switching gears, let's move away from the Eagles a little bit. I just a couple more questions for you. I wanted to see a team that you think could surprise this year around across the NFL, like a team that, um, you know, maybe didn't even have a losing record, but a team nobody's really talking about, but that you think is going to be better than most people think they are. Right. And my standard answer here is the Chargers, but I'm kind of like, I'm so sick of being let down by the Chargers. Like they, every year I do this every year. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, yeah. look at the talent. The Derwin James is back. Yeah. It's I, every year I, I, I go down this road and I think a lot of people are kind of excited about the Chargers because of Justin Herbert. I'll go really down the list. Why not the Jacksonville Jaguars? I mean, we, we always think like, Oh, this team was one in 15 last year. They got a rookie quarterback. Go back and look. Andrew Luck took his team to an 11 five record this rookie year. RG3, the same season, won a division title with Washington. It's not unprecedented for a guy. If Trevor Lawrence is as good as we think he is, and there's a, a million things about Urban Meyer that I am really like alarmed by right now, and all the <laughs> things he has talked about and saying like Gardner Minshew might be the starter week one. Yeah. He's doing a lot of nonsense, but as a guy who, you know, from the, from the Big Ten, I saw a lot of Urban Meyer, and, you know, even watching SEC football with Florida. I know Urban Meyer can coach. Like, if he's if, if his X's and O's are enough to overcome kind of this buffoonery he's doing before the season <laughs> starts, if Trevor Lawrence is as good as we think he is, they do have guys like Trevor or, or Travis Etienne, James Robinson, good running backs, DJ Chark, Laviska Chanel, good receivers. Their offensive line all returns. Their defense isn't great, but they do have some guys back. And now you talk, we're talking about the Colts being taken a, a step back. Yeah. The Texans are the worst team in football by far. I, I don't know that mm. they'd go 500 in the SEC right now. <laughs> and then we're, we're talking about the Titans are good, but they're flawed. They're, they're all offense, no defense. Why can't the Jaguars be one of those teams we just don't see coming? It takes yeah. a huge, huge jump. 
We didn't see the, you know, we didn't see the 2013 Colts doing this and they did. And we didn't yeah. see 2013 Washington doing this and they did. It does happen if you had that special, special quarterback. And hey, may, maybe Trevor is that special quarterback. We've been talking about this for three years. I was going to be like, it's always one of my things. Every time people like to look at the schedules as they're coming out, there's always two or three teams on the schedule that you think are going to be terrible that end up being great. Right. And then there's two or three teams on the schedule that you think are going to be great that end up being terrible. And so along that line, let me ask you for a team that looks on paper. A lot of people are talking about, think they're going to be good, but you're not quite as high on. I think my, I don't think they're going to be terrible. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pour dirt on them, but I'm not a Rams fan this year. I, I know everybody what I always thought I was kind of a Matthew Stafford truther a little bit. Like I always stuck <laughs> up for him and said, he's fine. He's not bad. He's not great. He's fine. And then the trade happened and I looked through my Twitter feed and I was like, where did all these Matthew Stafford pants right. come from? It was like, they just traded for 1989 Joe Montana. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, if Matthew Stafford's look, there's six, seven guys in this planet who are so good that it doesn't matter who their coaches, doesn't matter their scheme, doesn't matter their teammates are going to go out and win. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. You, we know the list. Mm-hmm. If Matthew Stafford was that kind of guy, we would have seen it already in 13 <laughs> NFL seasons. Yeah. He's made the Pro Bowl one time. And I'm not trying to sit here and bang on Matthew Stafford. I think no, he's a yeah. perfectly reasonable quarterback, but and he is an upgrade over Goff. Are we sure he's that big of an upgrade? Worth two first-round picks upgrade? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just feel like we would have seen more than one Pro Bowl in 13 years if he was that guy. Yeah. And then they lose their defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, who had an awesome year last year coordinating that defense. And that defense is so reliant upon Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. If there's any injuries there, they're really in trouble. Lost Cam Akers. I thought a big part of their offense, and you go back to the Todd Gurley days, obviously, a big part of the McVay offense is having that running back, being able to be balanced, to set up the play action. I don't think they got that guy now. So if I can, and I'm huge on the 49ers this year. I love the 49ers. I think Seattle's going to be good again. So if there's one team who we just don't see coming tumbling down, like we talked about. Maybe it's the Rams. Maybe, maybe they're the team that we're looking and they're like eight and nine. And we're like, wow, we really didn't see them being this bad. I don't normally do very well when I make these kinds of predictions, but a couple of years ago after they lost the Super Bowl, there's always that thing. The, the team that loses the Super Bowl has a, oh, yeah. a hangover the next year. And everybody laughs at me whenever I do it, but I, the Rams were my pick a couple of years ago as that team, because that's just a thing that happens. And so, you know, I, I'm worried about the chiefs this year for that same reason. Although I think the chiefs can probably buck the trend, but you never know. I'll tell you something about the chiefs. Look, look back at their second half last year. They did not win a game by more than one possession. Yeah. The yeah. AFC championship game. It was like a 10 game stretch where every single win was one possession. And if you're a great team and I think chiefs are very good, maybe they're just a little complacent, whatever. If you're a great team, you blow out teams. You win by yeah. 17. You win by 21. You're yeah. not squeaking by by four every right. game. And right. so I, I'm kind of with you a little bit that I'm a little skeptical of the Chiefs. Not enough to really, uh, right. you know, But, hey, I, I also have a ticket that says uh, Los Angeles Chargers win the AFC West. So who, who no. am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, folks, make sure you're reading everything Frank Schwab does over at Yahoo Sports. Uh, follow him at Yahoo Schwab. Frank, this was great. Looking forward to talking to you again during the season, hopefully. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no doubt. It was fun. And folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Don't forget to check out BleedingGreenNation.com every single day for the latest Eagles news, rumors, and notes uh, from training camp as we preview the 2021 season. And check out all of the great podcasts we have for you here at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Also, uh, we have a YouTube page as well. Why don't you subscribe to the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube page? We're going to have uh, some post-game shows, analysis during the course of the season that you're going to want to miss. That you're not going to want to miss. So. Uh, Check out the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube page and uh, smash that subscribe button with your with your mouse when you get a second as well. 
Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. Be G and